Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome back to Tech People. This is your host, Ken Coring speaking. I love listening and learning from success stories. So I'm very excited to meet our guest today, who has managed to build and scale his newsletter to over 1.8 million subscribers. 1440 is a daily newsletter built on facts. It provides an impartial view of what's happening in the world so the readers can form their own conclusions and all in a five-minute read. The newsletter covers culture, science, sports, politics, business, and more. And to discuss why and how we built it, I'm delighted to be joined by Tim Hooskamp, co-founder and CEO of 1440 Media. So welcome to the show, Tim. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. Incredibly honored to be here. No, no. Thank you for coming on board. I'm really, you know, like I say, I love listening to entrepreneurs and their success stories and learning from them. So I'm looking forward to learning about your business. But before we start that, maybe you could start with... uh, Maybe a brief introduction about yourself? Yes, absolutely. So I'm Tim. I live out in Chicago. Uh, I actually come from a finance background. So after college, I worked at an investment bank. And then I worked at a private equity venture capital firm for about a decade, where we helped scale growing technology companies. And then about four or five years ago, decided to kind of always been entrepreneurial and decided to give it a a go for myself. So left the the big world of corporate finance and decided to do the uh, do a startup. So uh, launched 1440. Gosh, it's about five years ago now. We spent kind of the first six to nine months really focusing on the product and, and, and just seeing if people even agreed with our thesis. Our thesis was kind of two things. As busy professionals ourselves here, we felt the news media landscape wasn't delivering in two ways. One, we felt that you know, we, we were busy and we wanted to get ahead at work and we had families and just didn't have a lot of time. And we felt that the way that media is structured, it tends to be very niche So there's like, you know, sports newsletters and, and websites and, and newspapers and then politics and you know, yeah. local news. And it just, it takes a lot of work to kind of bring them all together. So we said, we wish there was one place that we could go to just know the big things going on of the day. And then also like, you know, what CRISPR is and why that matters to society and what the latest company IPOing is. And then even some fun stuff, like maybe the, the best beaches to visit in the world. So we felt like no one kind of did that well and brought everything together for you in a comprehensive way. And then the second part was we felt that there's these wonderful media organizations that we respect tremendously, but oftentimes they tell you like who to, you know, who to vote for, or how to interpret something, or don't show you the whole side of the story. And again, as busy busy professionals with just, you know, when I had to come to our conclusions, we felt that the the landscape was missing kind of a, just the facts, uh, news without motives, we like to say, or news edited to be unbiased as possible. So yeah, we just started out with uh, a couple co-founders and actually sent the newsletter to 78 friends and family a few years ago, unsure if anyone agreed with our thesis. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it was was amazing. Um, so folks really liked it. And we spent kind of the first couple quarters just iterating on the product and understanding what the user wanted. You know, okay. in, in, uh, in startup parlance, that's like the whole minimum viable product process. So 
spent a lot of time really understanding what the what was missing, where the white space was in the industry. And um, yeah, it's, uh, we went from, I think it was 78 the first day. We actually did it once a week to learn and then okay. we went twice a week and then three times a week. We currently run six days a week. We take Sundays off. But it was amazing. We did 78 friend, friends and family the first day and then it went up to 91 and then I think it was 104. So there was evidence of both, you know, like organic growth. People liked it yeah. to, to, to others. And then also what's really nice about the newsletter industry, especially at the early stages of like the MVP process is there's data, right? So like in the, in the newsletter industry, your open rate is kind of a quality metric for how good your product is. So it's very easy to say, okay, if I have a, you know, 15% open rate, I would say like, go back to the drawing board a little bit. A really good open rate is kind of like the thirties or forties and ours was in the high fifties. So we felt like there was evidence both from a, in user engagement, i.e., opening the email perspective, and then also the forwarding of the email, we thought those were two good signals, and we just kind of kept going. <laughs> and, you know, fast forward a couple years later now, yeah, we have, as you said in the in the intro, over 1.8 million subscribers. Amazing. Yeah, and our open rate is held in the mid in the mid 50s, and we're we're really proud that we like to say that our demographic is actually it's not a demographic but a psychographic. So it's again these folks that are smart and want to come to their own conclusions and don't want to be told you know how to interpret something so because of that our audience is we think it's pretty interesting it's about a third republican a third democrat and a third independent and it's 50 50 male female and it's kind of spread almost perfectly across the u.s we also have some expats um, across the world reading as well but it's largely u.s based so yeah that's our product and we're yeah cool i'm happy to say i'm a happy subscriber i i I joined up recently since we've met and they're fantastic i really enjoy reading every day yeah we appreciate your support no no really excellent i must say Ah, how do you know that demographic you know between the republicans and how do you and independence how do you get that i mean understand that information yeah so we triangulate it a few ways uh we do reader surveys to understand from the readers and then there's also some big data companies where you can take emails and send them in. It's all private. It's all, all privacy is all maintained, but you can get uh, a quick glance at what the reader the reader base looks like. Right. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So, how do you source then this fact based media? Yeah, it's really it's actually a lot of hard work. It's really tough. Because okay. uh, we we found that there's certain sources that we just generally try to stay away from because again, like opinions sneak into the. Uh, the writing, there's definitely a bunch of wonderful sources, kind of what we call like in the middle that just report the facts. And we tried to really lean into those. And then, yeah, obviously, like people can interpret things in a bunch of different ways. And I think one of the signs that shows our success is when we run certain articles around maybe like, you know, the storming of the Capitol or election fraud or kind of those really touchy subjects here in the United States, we kind of get hit from both sides. So we'll have liberals and conservatives both saying that we're not covering it adequately. So I think that's actually a, an interesting cap on our feather, so to speak. So, but yeah, we just, we just spend a lot of time like reading what's going on in the world, really trying to understand it, just being consumers of, of information and news ourselves. And then we read five or six or seven or sometimes 10 articles about the topic and then try to present the article via a link to the one that is the least biased and just tells you the facts. And then also we try to you know, provide supporting documentation. So what's a good example? Like uh, the Elon Musk Twitter thing, right? Depending yes. on which part of of the uh, <laughs> the political spectrum you're on, you already have a take on it. You can actually see that in the headlines and in the media, right? So we'll we'll try to send it to the most kind of just, just the facts article, but then we'll also send you to like, or on Saturday, excuse me, 
we sent the reader right to the the filing that that uh, that Elon's lawyers made. So it's like here, re- read the article yourself. And tomorrow when we do it, we'll we'll say like the the filing that Twitter's lawyers put out. Here's all their data. Read it yourself. Right. So that's what we try to do. Like, you know, that, that doing that work takes quite a bit of time. So we try to do it for ourselves. That was the original promise here, right? Do it for ourselves. We're already doing all the work and then just help others get a little smarter faster. And are you using technology for this or is it a very manual process? Yeah, it's pretty manual. We have a couple tools that help us like just bring mm-hmm. things together, but it's it's a largely manual process. There's definitely tools out there. We found that a lot of the uh, aggregation tools tend to present very like kind of clickbaity information. An example I always use is someone once asked me like, why do we exist? And she said, you know, I could just go to Google, Google News. And we said, understand, but like, what's the number one story on Google News say in business right now? And at the time it was like Taco Bell is thinking about opening a hotel. And for people that are trying to stay up with the business world, like that's yes. like, there's inflation. There's <laughs> the cost of crypto. There's the latest yeah. IPO company. That's like literally probably number in the hundreds of what people are talking about. But because it's kind of clickbaity and the algorithms know that that works for clicks, it tends to lead things. So long-winded way of saying it's a, it's we use some technology, but it's largely um, human curated. Okay. So does that mean you've got a big team then, Tim, to manage and maintain all that? So our team is about nine total, and there's four people on editorial. And yeah, they're just kind of out reading tons of articles every day and trying to understand what's what's happened in the world. So yeah, four people on the editorial team. But they're like librarians, and they're just like reading every day and just filling it back. Exactly. (laughs) And Timmy, talk to us about, you know, building this over the last five years. Maybe share some of the challenges that you've come across and how maybe you've overcome them. Oh, where do we begin, Ken? <laughs> okay. No, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think you know, I think it's it's been an awesome learning experience, just because every kind of month or quarter as an entrepreneur, there's new challenges. So, right, like the first year, really two or three years of most startups, it's just like trying to stay alive, especially in a really crowded, large industry like like media. So, I think for us, it was we were just laser focused. I think I we saw this. With other startups as well, just given some of our like our, our experience in, in the investing world, was just focus on one thing and do be the best in the world at it. So a lot of media companies tend to do like fifteen or twenty different things at once, and, and sometimes, in my opinion, like you get fifteen or twenty mediocre products. And we just said right. that we think this is a really large market. We think it's a growing market. There's data to support that. Where less Americans trust the news every year. They think it's biased, right? So it feels like it's a growing market. You turn on the cable TV networks here in in America, and depending on which networks you watch, you think you're living in an alternate universe if you go back and forth between channels. So we feel like it's a really growing big industry, but we were just laser focused at the beginning on just creating a product like we wanted for ourselves, and then just really understanding how to deliver that. So yeah, and then as we've gotten bigger, New challenges, right? So, like the first couple of years, it was can we create a product that people want? Can we retain them and just like deliver a, a wonderful product every day? As we've gotten bigger now, it's been new challenges like so monetization. So, how do we make revenue, which is very important for, mm. <laughs> for, for business? Or how, how do we grow the list? So, how do we, you know, add, add subscribers? And then now it's challenges more like how do you build a world class team? And how do you like make sure everyone on your team is really happy and engaged and wants to be really excited to, to come to work each day remotely anyway? 
so yeah, it's just been it's been a really cool journey personally as an entrepreneur. Just like there's always new challenges and you're always learning. And yeah, just our team is very focused on learning and so it's 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 been a it's been a cool journey as we've kind of grown awesome. up as a company. Still still have a long way to go. Long, long way to go. But it's <laughs> so been a, awesome. You won't be going back to corporate finance anytime soon. <laughs> Hopefully not. No. Talk to me about the marketing aspect. I mean, how you know, and I know you mentioned there you went from like ninety-three up to eighty-four, one oh four. Um, how did you actually get up to one point eight million? Was there a lot of marketing involved or yes. So we have a couple different ways we sit we grow okay. the list. Uh our favorite way is is referral, right? So our someone loves a newsletter, has been looking for our product. We get a lot of emails every day that says, like, finally an unbiased news source. Thank you so much. I've been looking 20 years for this. So that those folks tend to send it along to their friends and family, which is like obviously our favorite way to grow because it's it's uh, the most efficient. And then we also do uh, scaled acquisition on like social media, so Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, and those like larger platforms. Those are the the, the biggest ways we grow. And yeah, we just tried to put a like, data around the whole thing. And we know um, there's a term in, in the startup world called unit economics. So basically, like your lifetime value of a customer. And then the cost to acquire that customer. So we're constantly trying to optimize which sources provide the best lifetime value long term, and then the cost to acquire those customers on those platforms. There's actually some really interesting data where if you acquire, it, it kind of makes sense once you see all the numbers. But for us, if we acquire a user from another newsletter, so say they're already reading like a politics newsletter, right? And we run an ad in that in said newsletter, that subscriber will be about somewhere between one and a half and two times more valuable to us, i.e. like they open at a higher rate and retain for longer than someone we, we acquire on, say, like social media. Okay. So there's been some really interesting learnings there. And we're just trying to constantly optimize. We have a, a marketing budget. We're trying to grow. We're trying to hit 2 million here in the next couple months. And then 3 million and 5 million. And just how do you, know, how do you constantly optimize the... Uh, Unit economics to make the business grow grow stronger. And what kind of social media is you targeting? Yeah, so uh, Facebook and Instagram are great sources. TikTok's okay. the new one. Still kind of trying to figure that out, but a lot of people have really figured it out. <laughs> Historically, our demo, which tends to be you know thirty and up, and not kind of like teen and twenties, we we stayed away from TikTok originally. But actually, a lot of the older audience, not older, but thirty and up audience, is coming onto TikTok now. So we're right. trying to find them there. Yeah. And then we're just, you know, constantly experimenting with all the different Snapchats and Twitters and, and different ways to, to get the word out and just, yeah, just get a shot with readers. Like, right. That's all we can hope for. It's like someone give us a shot and like read a little bit of it one time. And a lot of people, once they do that first full read, they kind of get it and then they stick around for, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you mentioned there like, over 30 is so like an average age of your reader. Yeah, it's uh, it's in the forties. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of, again, a lot of professionals. So like nurse, doctor, banker, lawyer, consultant. You know, I'm I'm trying to uh, partner at a law firm who wants to know maybe is already reading three to five newsletters or sources on law, but doesn't have time to do the same thing on science and politics and business. And 1440s, their tool in their inbox every morning, where in five to ten minutes they can catch up on everything else going on in the world. So. They're informed in front of their clients and you know their family and their friends and everything. Yeah, awesome. And have you ever considered writing your own articles? 
are you going to stick with just specific news sources? Yeah, so for now, we're sticking to being like the curatorial layer on top of the sources. So we do write like the, the slim down versions. What we hear from our readers is they really like that because, again, like not everyone has time to read. We yeah. can cover what there's uh, 30 items basically in our newsletter every day. Somewhere like something like that. So not everyone has time to read all of the, the deep dives. So what we try to do is the average individual that clicks on a link clicks on a couple, like over two a day. So it's almost like a menu of information. We try to be really succinct and summarize it. So for instance, like, you know, tomorrow will be all about inflation in the US and the 9.1% and how, how that's a 40 year record. And, you know, if you want to dive deep and learn more and read the five to 10 minute article to really go deep there, we give that to you. But if that's enough information and you have that, and then you can move on to the science section and the politics section and know what's going on in the world and just have those quick hits, we find that that's what the reader's really looking for. It's just they want the information, they want the quick summary, and then they want the ability to dive deeper, which we provide. Yeah, fantastic. And so, so what's, I mean, Plan for Future, besides just growing it up to 5 million plus we, and we subscribers? Yeah, I think we're just trying to... Yeah, just trying to t- delight our users and, and get a little bit bigger every day. You know, there's what 100 million Americans plus that consume news on their phones in some way. And going back to our original kind of like the the market, the white space we talked about, like we think we have a pretty large market, right? So it's not just for like say millennials or politics enthusiasts or finance enthusiasts. It's basically like general news, which has problems because it's so so broad. But you know, one of the benefits of that audience is it's, it's very massive. So yeah, we think think we can just keep growing, but we're working really hard to hard to do so. Awesome, Tim. So just uh, one last question: So if somebody wanted to start their own newsletter, would you have any pointers that you give them immediately, based on your experience? Oh man, let's see here. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest the biggest piece of feedback I have, and, and I um we got this quite a bit. Some folks were really wonderful when we were starting our journey in terms of trying to relay this information, but it's really this industry. It's basically if you don't retain your users, the business model doesn't work. So okay. if you have a, a low open rate, that tends to mean a low long term retention. It means like your product is not that strong. So what I tell, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs starting out in the space. And what I say is don't do anything else until you have like a 40% plus open rate because okay. nothing else. Matters. Like what, what I see a lot of folks doing is they have this product. This is like the whole minimum viable product process, but they have a product they think the market wants, but it's really what they want. And they haven't spent time really understanding their user and what that user wants and how large that market is. And they build this product that, again, they want that the market doesn't want and then has a low open rate, which is a, the kind of the, the engagement metric in our, in our space, the quality metric in our space. And they focus on monetization and growing the list. And it's like, whoa, slow down. Because literally, it doesn't matter. If you can't figure out how to have an awesome product that people will open every day, the math doesn't work on the, on the project. And you're going to go out of business eventually. So my biggest thing is like, just listen to the consumer. Try to be the consumer yourself. That's what we think we do pretty well. Is like At the end of the day, like I'm not from the media industry. We're like learning about it over the last 5 years. But we were just kind of normal people. That were professionals that wanted to be smart and felt like the the landscape wasn't delivering that for us. So we built that product that we felt felt was missing. I think that's the biggest feedback I would give is really understand who the user is, why they want it, and focus on nothing else. Maybe for the first 
six to nine months. And then once you nail that and there, you have evidence of that, as I said earlier, there's evidence, there's some easy uh, benchmark data with open rates and retention rates. It's on the internet. I'd be happy to send it if anyone ever wants to talk through it. Hello at join1440.com or Tim at join1440.com. But yeah, just really understand the user and deliver for the user. And I think a lot of times like that gets lost these days where everyone's thinking about growth and grow at all costs. And it's like, at the end of the day, if you don't have a wonderful product and you understand what your users want and you're not delivering that to them, kind of nothing else matters. So yeah, I would just say focus on creating the best product of all time for your niche. And then once you figure that out, then worry about scaling and monetization and some of the other challenges that come along later. I mean, did you conduct user research as well directly, um, interviewing the users who either was just purely on click throughs? Oh no, yeah, back. we did. Yeah, we did t- tons, tons of uh, of research as well. And, okay. and what's what's so cool about our, our industry is I've said this before. Like, unlike you know, if you're a clothing company and you're someone's at a department store and they're making a decision between your shirt and a competitor's shirt, you don't get get that feedback. With this is purely digital. Right, so you can ask for feedback, and it's amazing how much the users who really love your product or want to love your product, even if it's not perfect yet, how much they'll help you. So yeah, I think it's uh, user research, then also just like directly talking to the customers. We try to get on the phone with them to learn about their their pains and like why our product is delivering for that. They respond to emails. We beg for feedback, like in our emails, like please send us feedback. It's it's so valuable. It's, It's invaluable to us. So. Yeah, I think um, yeah, user research and then and then talking to the uh, talking to the customers. Fantastic, Tim. Listen, a huge congratulations on your success. Great to hear about it today, and thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. If I can, Ken, if I can help anyone in any way, we love to kind of return the favor. And I'm at Tim at join1440.com, and Ken just really appreciate this opportunity. And it's also really cool seeing what you're building as well. So very awesome, and uh, yeah, just appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Tim. Really much appreciate it. And we'll definitely keep in touch and might do another one again in the future. Thanks so much.